good day. I'm Martin Webb, and welcome to the Climate Report for Thursday, December 8th, 2022. The Climate Report broadcasts and podcasts on KVMR-FM and at kvmr.org every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. Today's Climate Report wraps up our special series focusing on the new Sierra Nevada Climate Vulnerability Assessment Report. We've talked about the Sierra Business Council, the people behind the report. We've talked about the methods used. We've discussed in past shows what is the Sierra Nevada and how we are defining it, as well as some of the interesting data points that have been discovered about us and our region. We've talked about the, quote, triple bottom line in the report, where the Sierra Business Council looked at climate impacts on our environment, as well as our people and populations, and our economy. We've talked about some of the more pivotal findings, which will not be a surprise to people who live here. Increased temperatures, less snow, less water, less snowpack, and a lengthening of a wildfire season. And we've discussed how this will impact all of us in very serious ways, changing our economy, our jobs, our opportunities, as well as the layout of the land. We've also talked about the vulnerability of our populations and how so many in the Sierra Nevada are already struggling to make ends meet and keep a home over their head. Well, today we attempt to wrap up the end of the report where they talk about community capacity. After discussing in the report all the different ways that climate change is expected to affect us in the Sierra Nevada region, both now and in the future, and again, the Sierra Nevada region is being defined as a 22-county region that stretches from the north border with Oregon almost all the way down to our southern border with Mexico, not quite hitting it because of the desert areas that break in between the Sierra Nevada mountain range and Mexico. But community capacity is vitally important. This is talking about exactly how communities are built to withstand some of these stressors. And I wanted to focus on Nevada County's chapter because this report actually looks at each county one at a time, but also then breaks each county down into separate communities and analyzes exactly how well prepared they may be for the future. From the report, it says community members ranked their average capacity score for the Sierra Nevada region. And as a region, the entire region together, out of a possible maximum five, one, two, three, four, five was the point scoring system, five being the highest, meaning well prepared, one being the lowest, least prepared. As a whole, community members ranked the entire region 2.9. A community capacity score of three indicates medium capacity to deal with climate change hazards and community stressors like passing local development measures, building cross-cultural relationships, and implementing adaptation and mitigation strategies at the local level. Communities in the Sierra Nevada region that scored themselves as having lower levels of capacity to deal with climate hazards typically have lower physical and cultural capital compared to other Sierra Nevada region communities. 
Whereas high capacity communities who rate themselves as being well prepared tend to have higher populations of younger residents with higher education levels who frequently organize in order to further community projects. That's worth noting as here in Nevada County, we tend to have a higher percentage of our population being older retirees. And again, this report identified that the communities that tended to have high capacity for dealing with the future have higher populations of younger residents with higher education levels. Now, to make sure this isn't necessarily a scientifically ranked study, findings in this part of the report were informed by community workshops. Essentially, communities were asked to self-grade themselves. So community workshops were held across the region as part of an engagement process to identify community capacity for climate change and build an understanding of climate impacts and a willingness to engage in solutions. Sierra Business Council contracted with an outfit called the Sierra Institute for Community and Environment on this task based on their prior experience and work in the region assessing what's called community capacity. So the chapter in the report was written actually by the Sierra Institute for Community and Environment. They have a long history of conducting well-being and needs assessments of rural communities throughout California. They've developed a framework and methodology for assessing community well-being, including measures for community capacity to handle problems and socioeconomic conditions. So the chapter in the report builds on the idea of community capacity described in the introduction to this assessment as it relates to specific communities within the Sierra Nevada region. And again, community capacity, when you hear me say that, is defined as the ability of communities to respond to internal and external stressors. And for this specific report, Residents' ability to respond to climate hazards and meet the needs of all residents. So again, community capacity for this part of the report and in today's climate report is talking about our residents' ability to respond to climate hazards and then to meet the needs of all residents. This includes the ability of a community to take advantage of opportunities. Now, to demonstrate the thoroughness with which they analyze community capacity, it can be identified as the sum of five different capitals. Capital typically meaning money. Five different types of capital as defined by the Sierra Institute. First of all, financial capital. In order to analyze Nevada County's community capacity for responding to climate hazards, what is our financial capital in the community? That is the availability of funds for use on local projects and pressing local needs. Now, financial capital in a community could be public funds or it could be private funds. And the report notes that private funds are usually tightly linked to community interests. So, for example, you might have public government funding available from Washington, D.C. or Sacramento that may not really speak to or understand our specific needs, but that funding is welcome nonetheless. Funding that is tightly connected to our community from private citizens tends to directly speak to our needs. 
Well, after looking at financial capital, another way to analyze community capacity for climate change is then looking at what is our human capital? That is, who are our individuals with the knowledge and ability to address conditions and stressors of concern? Human capital also describes the experience and capabilities of local residents and their willingness to use these skills. So financial capital is the money that we have available to us. Human capital are the individuals within the community. But then after that is social capital, because we might have money and individuals, but do we have the ability and willingness of local residents to work together toward community ends and purposes? So as an example, to exaggerate, to make a point, um, you might have a community with lots of money and lots of smart people, but if they're all isolated in their faraway compounds and don't talk to each other or work together, then they're actually lacking social capital, the ability and willingness of local residents to work together. Well, after financial capital and human capital and social capital, the report next identifies cultural capital. Different from money, people, and the willingness to work together, cultural capital describes the prevalence of a strong, shared, local way of life, a bond around the unique identity it cultivates. So again, for an example, you might have a community that has money, has people, have people that are willing to work together, but you might not have a shared sense of identity. This is our community. This is our neighborhood. And it's a unique identity and a shared way of life that also enhances a community's capacity. And then lastly, physical capital. That is the hard infrastructure of a community, such as roads, sewers, schools, etc., including the quality of this infrastructure and its ability to meet local needs. So as we talk about community capacity in the Sierra Nevada region as it relates to climate change and the hazards that we're being presented with and specific to Nevada County, those are the five types of community capital that will help communities be more resilient. And again, that is financial capital, money available to us, human capital, people that have experience and the skills to deal with the challenges, social capital, a willingness to work together, cultural capital, an identity that we all share together that is unique to our area, and then physical capital, the hard infrastructure. So this chapter of the report provided an assessment of community capacity within the entire Sierra Nevada region. If you would like a copy of this report in PDF, you can email me at climatereport at kvmr.org as folks have done throughout this series. And you can see how they rank all the different counties in this report, as well as the communities within. And again, this work is a summary of community workshop findings, along with some expanded assessments that were specifically done. Climate change has and will continue to present stressors for communities throughout the Sierra. The current well-being and capacity of communities to respond to these changes determines their vulnerability to climate change impacts. Now, community capacity scores were assigned 
by census block groups within a county, and only those areas within the region were consulted. Workshop participants were asked to give scores relative to communities within the region, not outside the region. For example, people were asked to compare their community to the Sierra Nevada, not to major metropolitan cities. The report notes that due to the COVID-19 pandemic and continuous wildfire evacuations, workshop participation and diversity were impacted. A number of workshops were held virtually. And again, across the Sierra Nevada region as a whole, a score of three medium level capacity to deal with climate change was most commonly the designation for communities, followed by a score of two. So let's talk about Nevada County and how they analyzed us. There is an excellent colorful map of Nevada County and the, it's color coded by communities, red, yellow, and green, green being the highest scores for the best ability to deal with the climate future, red being the lowest scores. And at a first glance, Truckee and Nevada City area are the greenest with the most capacity, the most financial capital, human capital, social capital, cultural capital, and physical infrastructure. The communities that jump out as the reddest are Smartsville and the Red Dog Ubet area. But they have a nice little interesting chapter on Nevada County, and here's what they say about us. Communities in Nevada County were often characterized as having a medium level of capacity with an average and most common score of three. This is closely aligned with the average score of the Sierra Nevada region overall. Some higher scoring communities in Nevada County are located closer to the greater Sacramento area and foothills where commuting to work in the city is common. Other more rural areas deeper in the Sierra Nevada exhibit lower scores due to contributors like lower population, reduced financial capital, and poor infrastructure. Nevada County has benefited from urban development despite the distance of some communities from the metropolitan areas of Sacramento and Reno. It's interesting, this next paragraph hits it right on the nose if you're a longtime resident or simply just familiar with our population. There is a dichotomy present in the county between the influence of urban interests from commuters and new retirees and that of longtime residents with rural backgrounds. Chicago Park, for example, was reported to contain a mixed group of residents, some of whom are newer and moved from urban areas, while others are older residents who work or formerly worked in forestry or agriculture. In Grass Valley, stakeholders reported the presence of longtime residents who struggle to survive economically and who tend to resent the retirees that can afford to live comfortably in the community. This was also reported for the communities of McCourtney and Nevada City, both of which were characterized as displaying a diversity of socioeconomic well-being with a contrast between 
thousand-acre horse ranches, and older trailers on small parcels, as well as the contrast between well-heeled retirees and long-term residents living on a shoestring budget. A common capacity strength in many of Nevada County's communities was an ability to organize and establish community events and gatherings. It was recognized that for many areas in Nevada County for this report, community residents would be able to effectively leverage funding were they to receive it. San Juan Ridge is an example of this. The report says it has a strong ridge culture and unity. As one participant in the workshops noted, if they had funding, these people could mobilize and do something great. Truckee and Grass Valley were also both characterized as having high levels of social and cultural capital. Again, that's people willing to work together under a shared sense of identity. That's Truckee and Grass Valley. High levels of social and cultural capital through the presence of effective community organizations and civic engagement. In Penn Valley, residents come together through events like the Penn Valley Rodeo, Easter Egg Hunt, and through community groups such as the Penn Valley Park District, the Chamber of Commerce, and the Municipal Advisory Council. Overall, participants believed that these communities have the overall capacity to respond well to external and internal stressors, given their high levels of social, cultural, and human capital, despite pockets of poverty. So again, participants graded ourselves in our communities as saying, we have three out of the five categories of capital. We don't have the money or the infrastructure, but we have the people, the willingness to work together, and a shared sense of identity. Give us the infrastructure and the money and our community capacity to handle climate change might increase. It closes the section on Nevada County by saying, however, for some of the more rural communities in the county, such as Red Dog, Ubet, Rough and Ready, and Squirrel Creek, there persists a culture of independence and a desire to be left alone. Human capital in these areas may be offset by lack of shared services and willingness to work together. That's a fascinating look at Nevada County and what we have and what we might lack in order to deal with climate change stressors of the current today's look on the world as well as what's coming down the pike. Let's talk about the final conclusion and discussion in the report before we end our series on this fascinating new Sierra Nevada climate vulnerability assessment. Again, it's the first time, and it took several years to put together, the first time that scientists as well as groups of uh, professionals looking at socioeconomic population data, the environment, have analyzed the climate impacts on just our region. So this is the summary. It says we are already feeling the impacts of climate change. According to the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, much of the damage to our natural systems is irreversible, and continued atmospheric warming impacts 
will worsen over time if drastic measures are not taken. The Sierra Nevada region is predicted to continue to experience scenarios ranging from extreme precipitation to extreme drought. These conditions will continue to impact regional snowpack and wildfires. As a region, we can build resilience by understanding and preparing for these impacts to our communities through general planning, adaptation strategies, and policy implementation. The Sierra Nevada Climate Vulnerability Assessment is designed to build capacity for stakeholders to undertake climate planning and priority project identification for all 22 counties within the Sierra Nevada region. The report focuses on climate impacts to the economy, the environment, and the community, and reveals unique vulnerabilities to the Sierra Nevada region. The report's also designed to be an informative tool that helps educate stakeholders and policymakers when making decisions about the Sierra Nevada region. And although the primary audience for this assessment is indeed city and county planners and policymakers, the Sierra Business Council hopes that community members and climate-curious individuals will find this document informative and use it as a launch pad for future projects. In short, this assessment presents aggregated data that illustrates vulnerability and risk within the Sierra Nevada region, and more specifically, it demonstrates how these unique communities and economies are and will be impacted by climate change. And for those of you that may have missed our earlier shows, here are the three different summaries for the three different sections of the report. The climate impact on the environment, the impact on our people, and the impact on our economy. The Sierra Nevada region is already experiencing dramatic changes due to climate change, and this will only continue. California has exceeded a one degree Fahrenheit increase, which was close to a two degrees Celsius, with some areas in the state experiencing increases in temperatures in excess of two degrees Fahrenheit. Overall, daily maximum temperatures are expected to increase around five to six degrees Fahrenheit. On average, people in California can expect to experience extreme heat events that last two weeks longer than historical averages. And the Northern Sierra can anticipate extreme heat events to occur four to 10 times more frequently compared to historical averages. As temperatures continue to increase, this results in evaporation and evapotranspiration. Moisture levels will increase in the atmosphere while decreasing soil moisture. This has been and will continue to be a cause of changing patterns of precipitation. Again, what they're saying is the atmosphere will pull moisture out of the land and the soil and vegetation, drying everything out at ground level, and that will add more moisture into the air this will change patterns of precipitation. And as the region has already begun to experience, these precipitation events will be inconsistent, but more dramatic than ever, causing events like heavy snow, rain on top of snow, flooding, and landslides. The amount of precipitation falling as rain has begun to increase in just the past four years, 
and warming temperatures will only exacerbate the issue. The rate of precipitation falling as snow is predicted to continue decreasing significantly, while snow levels will continue to rise in elevation. Dramatic changes to the historical snowpack will permanently alter ecosystems throughout the region. Water shortages will become more common, and soil moisture and water quality will continue to be impacted, setting the stage for wildfires of greater intensity. And wildfires and megafires are expected to continue increasing in magnitude and frequency every year. Such extended and damaging wildfire seasons will continue to escalate smoke conditions, permanently damage our landscapes and ecosystems, and threaten communities. These events are cyclical and will continue to snowball as one event leads to another. The only way to slow down the climate emergency process is to decrease or completely eliminate emissions as quickly as possible and eventually move towards carbon sequestration. In their summary of impacts on our people and population, the Sierra Nevada region has historically been defined as as a rugged terrain populated by rugged individuals. While many residents appreciate living rural lifestyles, there are demographic groups in the region who have been systematically underserved and will require more support and resources to deal with climate change. These historically underserved groups include people of color, the disabled community, indigenous people, and people living in poverty. Together, these four groups, people of color, the disabled, indigenous, and those living in poverty, make up over half of the total population of the Sierra Nevada region. That's right, the majority of the population are historically underserved groups of people. These groups are more likely to have been denied access to building generational wealth, obtaining higher education, and living near public resources like schools, hospitals, and grocery stores. Overall, these groups have commonly been left out of community planning processes and will require the most support during severe climate hazards. Across the Sierra Nevada region, housing burden residents represent the demographic group with the largest population. Over 40% of Sierra Nevada regional households are housing burdened, and the majority of people in this group are renters. With housing costs increasing across the region, more long-term residents with high levels of local knowledge may be forced to leave. This will reduce the workforce and human capital in the region. Communities with high populations of housing burden people will have less capacity to deal with climate hazards and implement adaptation and mitigation efforts. Populations with the highest risk to climate hazards are senior citizens, children, outdoor workers, and most importantly to our community, single access road residents, of which there are many. Senior citizens and children share similar risks due to their limited physical ability to protect themselves from harm. Outdoor workers are at risk of physical injury from climate hazards like poor air quality and extreme heat due to their high exposure levels. And people living on single egress-ingress roads are at high risk of becoming trapped during climate hazards with limited to no access for first responders.
And the economic summary demonstrates that the four top economic drivers in the Sierra Nevada region are tourism, recreation, agriculture, and natural resources, and that each of these industries will be impacted by climate change. All of those four rely on a healthy outdoors, tourism, recreation, agriculture, and natural resources. Tourism industry will experience reduced visitation. Recreation opportunities will be impacted by drought and snow drought and wildfires. Agriculture will be impacted by shifting and warming growing seasons. And specific natural resource sectors might actually experience a boom as forest management and conservation efforts become a key mitigation strategy for climate change. The most vulnerable industries in the Sierra are likely tourism and recreation due to their reliance on visitor access to the outdoors. Well, that is it for today's climate report. Please note all climate report shows are archived at KVMR's podcast page for re-listening and sharing. And if you'd like a copy of the report, you can email climatereport at kvmr.org. Thanks to the Sierra Business Council for producing this report. And thanks for tuning in and caring. Climate Report airs every second and fourth Thursday at 6.30 p.m. I'm Martin Webb. For daily news headlines in between broadcasts, including heaps of good news and tips, there is a Climate Report social media page. And as always, today's show will be archived and posted to KVMAR's website.